0: You don't know my Everybody and welcome to episode 14 season two of winging it i'm alex he's andrew we got another w this week the philadelphia eagles are nine and one andrew how we feeling man
1: i feel good i feel good any week we win whether it's by one or by 100 as they say but in all honesty it was a stressful game. We'll definitely get into it, but I'm very happy to walk away with the win. Nine and one just sounds really good. Like nine and one really has a nice sound to it.
0: It sounds pretty elite. And on today's episode, we're bringing a friend with us. We want to introduce a friend of the podcast, our buddy Ali. Ali hails in from, are you from Minnesota or right outside of Minnesota?
2: I'm from Philly. I'm from Philly. I actually just moved around, and uh, and I just landed here. My wife is from Minnesota, so that's kind of where the roots are are tied right now. But I'm I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me on.
0: So in the middle of our one of our group chats, Ali says, "So boys, should I head to the Vikings and Cowboys game wearing Eagles attire?" And the level of disrespect. To go to a game where the two, like the team that you're wearing, isn't even playing, and then just to know what happens in that stadium in Minnesota while you're wearing their gear, I got. I have a ton of questions to ask you. So Ali, huge Eagles fan, he's part of our group chat that we have. So we wanted to bring him on, get his perspective, and learn a little bit more about um, that game and just kind of some things that, ah, kind of some things that you learned from over there. So, Andrew, without further ado, we had a game. Should we get into two up, two down? Let's freaking do it. And I'm excited. I'm Alex excited. and Andrews, two up, two down.
1: All right. I guess, you know, I guess I'll start us off this week. I I have a lot, so I hope I don't spoil any of yours. But I'm only going to – I'm not going to spoil them. I'm only going to give you two. Um First and foremost, my number one is, now correct me if I'm wrong, but was this Jalen Hurts' first
0: ever career fourth quarter comeback win? I don't know if it was his first ever, but it was his most notable, where it was a pretty obvious statement. Ball is in QB1's hands, he needs to do what he needs to do to get it done, so for all intents and purposes, sure. Cool. Because I thought that I had heard this recurring story like that was like the one thing that
1: he hasn't done yet. Or that's the one thing he hasn't shown us. And he had an opportunity last week in Washington. And honestly, none of that was on him. I mean, that was... He did everything he needed to do. Uh, so the Eagles coming back from 10 points down in the fourth quarter. That's actually um, the first comeback of 10 or more points in the fourth quarter by the Eagles since 2010. And that was the wow. game that uh, I'm sure we all remember. That was the Deshaun Jackson punt yeah. return against oh, the Giants. Man. So it's kind of crazy that that was, the, y- yes, or this past week was the first time uh, since 2010 that we've come back from 10 points down in the fourth quarter. It was such. An ugly game, man. Like I, it, and I was actually talking to my roommate before we hopped on, and it's kind of interesting how like it really hasn't been uh, a stressful season for the most part. But the last two weeks have been like a complete 180 in that regard. And I feel like I was uh, both weeks were not the most enjoyable to sit back and watch a game. So, so to get over that hump to to get that win yesterday, I think is so huge. Like I said before, it doesn't matter that it was by one point. If it was a mediocre opponent, we won the game. And that's much thanks to what Jalen did with his arm, but uh, honestly, his legs were really—I uh, feel like what what really helped helped you know helped us win that game. And then aside, and then after that, again, I hope I don't spoil anything, but both Quez Watkins and Brandon Graham, after coming off of you yeah. know two uh, respective plays the week before, Quez Watkins had had the you know the, the heartbreaking fumble, and then Brandon Graham got called for the late hit on Taylor Heineke. Last week, Queswatt or sorry, this past weekend, uh, Quez Watkins catches the go-ahead touchdown. And nope, no, I'm sorry, that was it was a touchdown at the beginning mm-hmm. of the fourth quarter to yep. get them back within one possession. And then Brandon Graham had a huge sack yep. on third down late in the fourth quarter. Huge. Uh, so to see the Monumental. two of them, yeah. So those are my two ups. Um, I, and I got to say, like. As ugly as a football game as it was, it was actually a lot harder to come up with. It was it was harder for me to find the downs because like even looking at the numbers, the numbers suggest that the Eagles really should have probably ran away with this game. Um, but it, whatever. Very thankful to come out with a win.
2: Yeah, so
0: uh, Ali, you had an Apple Watch that told you how high your uh, heart pressure or your what your 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 blood pressure was during the game, right? Tell us a little bit about that. Do you agree with Drew's sentiment that it was a fun and enjoyable game to watch cuz certainly didn't feel that way for myself.
2: Yeah, yeah, my uh, my Apple Watch, I'm pretty sure it pinged <laughs> me. It said, "Are you are you working out right now?" <laughs> It got up to over a hundred beats per minute. Uh you know, I, I appreciate this game so much, right? Because in the NFL in this league, the level of talent, right? The the margin of talent between two teams isn't like Ohio State and like some D3 school, yeah. right? It is so close. And every team always has a chance to win it, right? And it's recurring Theme That I'd been hearing in the sports media about the Eagles up until last week has been, you know, this team is not battle been battle tested. Right. And like when you get into the playoffs, you're going to get hit in the mouth, you're going to, you're going to have to respond somehow. And if you don't have that experience, it's really tough to respond in the playoffs. So regardless, if it was the Colts, if it was the Texans, we needed a win like that, a win where we got punched in the mouth and we got back up and punched back.
0: Yeah, no, man, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, it, and 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 I, I've been hearing this from from just national media too. More so, just like these Twitter and Facebook users saying that the the Eagles haven't played anybody difficult. I mean, the Colts beat the Chiefs, the Steelers beat the Bengals, the the Jaguars destroyed the the, the Chargers. Right? Like the, these are these are just like you said. Any given Sunday, it is it is up for 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 debate. And Jeff Saturday came in as a new coach and they had a W last week. So we're coming into a game that's relatively, you know, we don't know the offense as well as it was when when Frank was there. So I agree with you with with everything you're saying. To to your point, Andrew, and actually my first up is the same thing. Jalen Hurts had a game-winning drive, but more so where I was taking that is his demeanor during there. I don't think his Apple Watch would have signified that his heart rate would have even looked like it was was going up above 110, right? He was relatively unfazed. And I think I heard that A.J. Brown said in an interview, he was actually kind of like cool, calm, collected, even made a few jokes on the sideline in like a really clutch moment. And you see a lot of decent quarterbacks face in a similar position. So I'm really happy to see Jalen Hurts step up to the challenge. I mean, you've seen Matt Ryan in this situation multiple times. You've seen Kirk Cousins do this. But then you look at guys like we saw on Monday night with Patrick Mahomes, where you just knew the second he got the ball, he was going to march down the field and win that game. I actually looked at the sports book, and it actually had the Chiefs at uh, negative odds right when the Chargers were in the red zone about to score to take the lead, that Vegas was still confident that Patrick Mahomes was going to walk down the field and win the game when it was basically a lock, the Chiefs were going to be in the lead with under two minutes to go. So that's just one thing that when we look back on the season and we look at the scenarios Jalen Hurts has been in, game-winning drive right there, a staple game-winning drive on a cool common collected quarterback.
1: You know what's funny? As cool common collected as Jalen you know holds himself, what does it say when the head coach of the team is celebrating like honestly, like probably like a member of the team. I mean, I, Sirianni was Pumped. There was more yeah. to it than just winning that game. There was something left over from his time in Indianapolis. It was, it had to be some sort of, you know, proving to them. Or I don't even like the whole He was yelling about Frank Reich. Is, is that because he thinks that it was a disservice that Frank Reich got fired? I or, mean, or
0: I've heard other fan bases talking to me saying that Nick is unprofessional, that he shouldn't have been acting like that. I'm like, you just think about. The time that this man spent in this stadium when one of his mentors who gave him a shot, who basically set him up to be a coach in the NFL, got canned, and you went in front of those fans that booed Andrew Luck when he went in, and you got a game-winning drive, I'd be freaking pumped up, too. They should have thrown the Gatorade on him, man. Like, (laughs) let it loose, bro. Let it loose. Ali, what are your thoughts on the whole Nick Sirianni kind of exploding on the sideline there after the W?
2: Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting, right? Because the more I, I look into the story, the more I realize how dirty Frank Wright got done, right? Yeah. Uh, the, the Colts owner sort of forced him to bench Matt Ryan because of some contract, you know, subtext that said he was going to get paid a certain amount if he played a certain amount and then for Jeff oh, Saturday man. to come in and basically convince the owner to say like hey let's put Matt Ryan in let's forget about this right now we need to win games to 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 keep our playoff hopes alive it's kind of like frank reich was was almost trying to win games with one hand tied behind his back and For him to get fired and then some, you know, no disrespect to Jeff Saturday, right? Because he's an absolute professional, but he kind of came off the street, right? Didn't have to grind his teeth in the coaching profession like some of these other guys did, like Nick Sirianni did, to go in and basically use a tool that was not available to Frank Reich and win because of it. I, I can understand why Nick Sirianni was upset.
0: Yeah. No, I I totally see that. I think given like what you said, given given that scenario and the situation, he should explode on the on the sidelines. I, I don't want to see that every week. I don't want throw, I don't want him to like develop this <laughs> reputation of throwing temper tantrums and stuff. Um I I still remember at Monday night man, I mean, he's throwing his headset you got assistants picking up his wires and his packs and putting them on while he's sitting there yelling and throwing the key, uh, the the clipboard everywhere. I mean, it's it's pretty, it's pretty wild. I really
1: do. You know, I, I, I really do appreciate how authentic he is. I mean, he, I feel like he preaches. Um, I, I don't know. There, there's something about kind of being in this atmosphere where I think it's, there is this freedom to just like, you know, embrace who we are and, and just like, uh, again, we can just we can be us and we don't need to worry about what other people think. And if that means he's going to act like a wackadoo on the sidelines, he's kind of practicing what he preaches by like, whatever, I'm going to do me. And that seems like to be what the Eagles are in and of itself, which has been kind of cool to watch, though. So.
2: Oh, I, I love it though, right? Because like some of the reputation that Eagles fans have in places like Minnesota here, it's kind of like, oh, Eagles fans are these grimy, gritty people that are just like not fun to be around. And you know what? I, I get sort of a sense of pride when they say that, right? And when I see Nick Sirianni just like yeah. going off and showing his emotions, I'm like, yeah, that guy represents me as a fan. And I'm so happy he's my coach.
0: I love the fact that you said that you have a sense of pride <laughs> with that. Yeah. Because- Man, I just uh, – yeah, I just just the environment and, and just the way we, we root for our team and the way that we get – like I, I definitely want to see how Nick will react when like his back's against the wall and he goes on a losing streak or he's not doing well. Hopefully that doesn't happen this year, but um, it will be interesting to see how he bounces back, but, but I, I do agree with that. Uh, second up that I'm getting into, we didn't talk about at the beginning of this, um, but the signing of Indama Kasu and Linvald Joseph, huge, huge deals. It, it, it was really crazy to me to see Dominick Sue in an Eagles uniform. This little Joseph, man. He's a bus. That's a big man. Holy crap. He's like lined up next to um, like Fletcher. I mean, it's just like he's like huge. Milton
1: Williams. He looks like he's three Milton Williams.
0: It's insane. I, how, These guys how, are huge. I love how
1: like in touch how he is right now because it's like we didn't waste any time. We lost last week. We saw what the main problem was. And it was we were get like we could not stop but, the rush. But, but here, we were getting here,
0: pushed. Here, here's the thing: Howie, yes, is making those phone calls. Those players are willingly coming to Philadelphia. They oh, have. Why other wouldn't options, they?
1: Why wouldn't they? We're not na- we're you nine you could one go now. To,
0: you could go to San Francisco. San Francisco called the same two dudes, and they decided to come here instead. And this is what happens with good teams. And when you have the chemistry, and when you're going. On multiple win streaks, and people like AJ Brown and 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 people like Jalen Hurts, and everybody sees how much of a leader he is. It draws good talent here, and people want to be a part of that. So that's I, huge. I,
1: yeah, that's a good point. I think a lot of it does have to do with the quarterback. That's a great point, Alex.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So so here's my second up. The, the run defense did their job, and I was you know the first drive was looking a little suspect. I was like, oh god, here we go again. Twenty eight yard run. Um, you know, I would say most people would probably agree that um Jonathan Taylor was probably the biggest bus of fantasy this year, and he's just walking down the field making it look like he's an all-star. We all should be should be eating crow. But after that, the defense really did their job. 3.8 yards, even with some of the big rushes that he has. But but here's why that's important. And here's what I've been saying every single week on the podcast since I've watched our DBs play is you get any quarterback, I don't care who it is in the league, and force them to throw. You take away that run option, we're unstopped, we're unstoppable. I'm telling you, if you they 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 abandoned the run in the second half, and as a result, the Philadelphia Eagles haven't given up a second half touchdown since before the freaking bye week. Because teams are down and they need to throw, and then we just lay it on them. And the only game that we could not stop the run was that Commanders game last week or the week before last week. And we and we ate it, and we were still in a position to be able to win that game. You force any quarterback in the league, uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes included, Josh Allen included. I like our odds. Ten out of ten times, I like our odds.
1: Ali, I'm going to direct this question to you. Do you think that? So, and and just the kind of. Uh you know, re- rehash what, what Alex was just saying. Like, so that first drive, Jonathan Taylor rushed seven times for 49 yards, like huge first Ew. drive. And then after that had 15 carries for 35 the rest of the way. So obviously held him in check the rest of the way. Now, being that the Eagles were actually playing with a deficit the entire game, that is that is more of a run script for the other team when they're playing with a lead. So do you think that if the Eagles were playing with a lead, Do you think we would have been as stout against the run or do you think it was more because you think maybe we were expecting it because Indy was playing with the lead?
2: Yeah, you know, that's a that's a good question. I I still think we would have been pretty stout against the run. Right. Um, A lot of the the defensive schemes that we were running had Linval Joseph and Indomitian Sue in there, you know, with the expectation that we were going to stop the run. Um, but at the same time, I think back to the uh, the Cowboys game, right? Right before the half, it was, what, 20 to 3? Um, the Cowboys came back in the second half and continued running the ball, right? I think good teams, well-coached teams are ones that don't abandon the run. And and that may have been kind of a, you know, in, in this scenario, call it a a lack of experience by Jeff Saturday to be able to to say, hey, you know what, I don't want to abandon the run here. I'm still going to try to, to, to establish the run and be a little bit more dominant may have played a factor in there as well. But I still think we would have been pretty stout against the run because I think back to that Cowboys game and it was like the second half was just – heavy doses of Pollard and Zeke. And it was like, man, we really got to stop these guys because they're, they're a balanced football team. And we're going to face balanced football teams. Like, you know, the Packers coming up, we're going to face balanced football teams uh, like the, uh, the commanders again, uh, as well as the New York giants and the Dallas Cowboys, obviously. Right. So I, I think, what we showed this past Sunday was kind of that, that sort of first drive that, you know, these guys have been on the couch, not to say they've been on the couch, right? They're absolute professionals. And for them to be able to, to jump in in the middle of the season and have that kind of impact was incredible. Yeah. But truly, you know, not having played a snap of football since January to come in, give them that first drive, you know, we'll let that slide. That's you sort of shaking the rust off and, and to just be absolutely dominant. It was such a good sight to see.
1: It's a bummer because we almost we had them uh, on third. Like they almost went three and out on that first drive too. So it's kind of funny right. how how you know how close that can be. Um, so yeah, Alex, do you want to do we want to get do we want to get any more ups from you? Did we miss anything, Ali? Are there any leftover
2: ups? Um, you know, I appreciated, frankly, the the willingness and trust that Jalen had going back to Quez after the You know, the fumble last week. Um, and even mid-game, right, A.J. Brown had that fumble when it looked like we were driving and, and there was a score that was in front of us, fumbles the ball, and then comes back the next drive and goes right back to A.J. Brown, right? Yeah. The leadership that this guy is displaying is, is you know, we... You see the the sort of opposite of that with guys like Aaron Rodgers who who sort of like coach their guys through the media. And then you've got guys like Jalen Hurts who are like, you know what, we're all human. You make mistakes. I still trust you. I'm still gonna go back to you on this next drive. And being able to see that in play was just unbelievable.
0: Yeah. No, I Jalen has just something about him that like we like I said earlier, that that players just gravitate towards. Um, I look at someone on the sideline like Kyler Murray, and you look at someone like Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts, and it's like a night and day difference. Kyler's yelling, pointing, blaming. You know, I, I remember when DeAndre Hopkins first came over to the Cardinals and and he's like, This guy's yelling at me. He's a rookie, he's yelling at me. Like, what like what is going on over here? Right. And I just I just feel like that is just such an underappreciated thing that, that we have on our team and it's it's wonderful. Let's get into some of the frustrating things from the game. The the, the two downs. So I'll kick us off with this. Um the, the first one I have it's kind of nitty it, it's kind of nitpicky and and the my two downs kind of actually go with each other. But but here are the things like because of like two routine misses like we are victorious. And the first one is that missed field goal and then the second one that was a clutch sack Maybe should have been a face mask. I don't know if that was justice for the week before. I will say Matt Ryan was basically giving himself up. And who who was it that actually hit him uh, there? It was a fourth and goal, a third and goal, and we had him sacked. Was that was that Brandon Graham? Um, I don't remember it, actually who sacked him. I think Maybe, I think it, it might, might have been Reddick,
2: Winball Joseph. Might have been yeah, Joseph so we're all we're all
0: a, okay. We're, one of us are probably right. There, there's only there's only so many guys down there. <laughs> And Matt Ryan was kind of giving himself up to go down anyway. And then like a, a hand got in there. So I, I could kind of see why maybe it would have been called. But those are two almost routine things. You, you, you get a team that's within the 10-yard line. You know, first and goal situation where Matt Ryan was, was basically humming. And then a missed field goal, I think it was like just just north of 50, 50 yards. If any of those things would have converted for four points. uh, We would have been in trouble. We would have lost the game. It wouldn't have been a one-point victory. So – That's my first down is like at the end of the day, we create our our own success and and good teams always find a way to win. But on two, I would say routine types of, uh, you know, plays and things that happen during a game, it it would have cost us the game.
1: I just heard something recently, which I really liked. And it's like the football is shaped the way that it is because it's made to you don't know which way it's going to bounce. And like every week feels that way. Like we could have lost to the Cardinals if I think it was Kyler Murray, speaking of the devil, who slid up early or they they had that botch on fourth down or where they actually converted and they never challenged it. And then so like that was it. And then, you know, last week there were a lot of just really wishy-washy things where it's just like these games turn into a coin flip, even though somebody might have an undefeated record and the other team is barely 500. So um, to be able to overcome that, is this is the is the true proof of a of a good team? So, amen. yeah,
2: I mean, let's not forget, we played a pretty sloppy game, right? There was oh, the yeah. the snap by by Kelsey over Jalen's head when we were close to the goal line. Oh, yeah. There was the uh, I think it was in the first quarter. Actually, the first drive, we had three straight offensive penalties that had us at like first and thirty five. Yep. Right, and that like eliminated an 18-yard gain by AJ Brown. So there was some sloppy, sloppy play, but I, I was happy to see that we we sort of, you know, tied it all up at the end and said, "Hey, no more. We're gonna we're gonna go drive down the field and score this."
0: Yeah. Now, go ahead.
1: And man. I I think um, it was very noticeable that we missed Alice Goddard. I think that right. even just our some some of the calls that we made, or some some of the lack of conversions that we were able to make on third and fourth down, I felt like of Calcaterra, <laughs> Calcaterra, and, it's
0: in a and holding, bro, and <laughs> offensive pi and holds. Like, come on, dude.
1: So yeah, fu- like funny enough, literally all three of the tight ends on on the roster each got called for a separate Tyree, penalty at some yeah. point. Yeah, Tyree had a offensive pass interference, and uh, Jack Stoll had a false start on a punt. So uh, they went three for three in that regard. Um, <laughs> But you know, that's why Quez Watkins that's why Jalen it's important that Jalen trusts these guys, because we need other people to step up. I mean, Jack Stoll had one catch for seven yards. You know, Goddard is an every week performer. So it's very clear that we missed him. I think maybe some of the the holding calls or just the the just being out of sync is just kind of because you're missing this cog or this 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 player who really is one of the most I don't know if he's undervalued anymore. I think the league is starting to take notice that he might be a top three, at least top four tight end. Um, we'll see how Kyle Pitts turns out to be. Um,
0: I'll, I'll also give a notable mention to the guy on the Indies offensive line. His last name was Fries? I, I don't even know how many penalties this guy had. but like It was like every other play like just everything and they kept zooming in on his face and you could just tell he wanted out of there man he's like oh my god
1: so and that was the thing it's like when when i was thinking of getting my 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 downs together here i'm like oh oh, we definitely lost the penalty battle no wasn't the case oh they definitely got more first downs than us no not the case like we really outperformed them in every almost every category other than Turnovers. turnovers, and that's my second
0: go. down. Thank you so for we'll the segue, di- Andrew. <laughs> so let's
1: just let's both talk at the same time and just see if we say the exact same thing.
0: Okay. <laughs> but ready uh, but no. one, two, two three. three. We started so, to go yeah, over really turnovers and everything, and it was really yeah, so not, not quite awesome. This is still my down. So how about I start it and then you end it? Love it. Um so we're starting to go on the other side of the turnover differential, right? We're we're starting to give the ball away more. Then we're receiving it. And listen, you're gonna have games where that happened, but it was really sloppy last week. Clutch, clutch, clutch drop by Quez Watkins against the commanders. And then coming out of the second half, Jalen Hurts with the with the you know empty hands going forward for a deep pass, which it looked like Quez Watkins was very open on that play. That would have been a deep ball, but you know, pressure got to him. And then AJ Brown drop. I just feel like with a, with a vet like AJ Brown, and, and you see it with Devonta Smith, like these guys are just trying to get like shifty and run sideways in the middle of the field, and it's just like I get it, but very seldom unless like you're you're um, uh, Tyreek Hill, like you're not you're not doing that all the time, right? Like get the ball, fight for as many yards as you can go, and get down. You saw the turnover with Jonathan Taylor. He's trying to push the pile. Everyone in the crowd's cheering like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then he came up empty in it because he's trying to make too much happen. It's actually one criticism I have of Dallas Goddard, too. It's like sometimes he fights, but he's careless with the ball. Um, so that's just my thought is just stop being so fancy. Get the first down. Advance as far as you can. But it's okay if you're not a hero in every single ball. We have the offensive power to get there, but the turnovers really need to stop. We need to tighten it up. And as a result, again, it put us in a closer game than we needed to because of some clutch turnovers.
1: Amen. I um I I admittedly was watching the game on my laptop this weekend. I was at a friend's house who are Bills fans, and I, being a you know a, a, having good sportsmanship myself, by all means, yeah, we'll watch the Bills on the big TV, and I'll watch the Eagles myself. And when AJ Brown fumbled, dude, I that that was the harshest reaction I've had to a single moment this season so far. I I lost my my cool for. You know, it was short-lived, and then the people that were around me were um, a little frightened. They weren't sure if they want to be around me during future Eagles games, but I said, look, guys, it's a a moment in time. Hey, Andrew,
0: you want to go jump through my kitchen table and make you feel better? (laughs) (laughs) Mafia! Bill's Mafia rise up!
1: (laughs) So, anyway, it was uh, because, and I think it was because it felt like the second straight week that we're going to shoot ourselves in the foot we had like the cult are trying to give this game to us just like Washington was. And we're going to blow this opportunity. Thank goodness that wasn't the case, but um, yeah, the timeliness of that's of that fumble was brutal. Uh, but it, but it, again, being able, I don't think that this is going to be an every week thing. Jalen didn't have any interceptions. Fumbles are going to be, you know, kind of these fluky things that happen. Um, I think we actually fumbled the ball four times. Luckily only lost two of them.
0: But, yeah, not good.
1: Um you know, and, and a lot of defensive players like the who was it? Peanut, uh Peanut uh Tillman. No, not uh, he was on the Bears. Um but he was like one of the first people that they you know you really could see going for that punch of the ball to, mm-hmm. to like to 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 get people to fumble. And the play is not over till it's over. So even that Jonathan Taylor play, it kind of looked like it was gonna get blown dead, but people were still just kind <laughs> of Oh, I know, Beach, but the play was not ah. over, man. It wasn't over. Yeah. So um, turnovers, got to clean it up.
0: Ali, what are your thoughts on the turnovers?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, part of me is like, come on, this is this is sloppy football. Take care of the ball. Um, but we're still leading turnover differential, right? I think we need to go through these spells within the season to sort of get it out of our system so that we can learn – Um, for when it does matter for when there is no next week for us to, to say like, Hey, we've been in games where we've turned the ball over and it's cost us before. So part of it is like a good amount of healthy medicine that you've got to take. You don't like it in the moment, but it's going to make you better in the future.
0: 100% agree.
1: Love that. Love that, that, that take.
0: Yeah, I think it's okay. I think that, Yes, we're still leading the turnover differential, but we're watching it slip the last two weeks. And the NFL is a very week-to-week game. So if we're looking at it over the last three weeks versus, you know, in comparison to when, I don't know, what's like, isn't there a single game where we had like a ridiculous amount of turnovers? Like, there are some outliers there. So, you know, I, I just I just want to see it get tightened, and not just because, oh, well, it's so good now that we can play a little bit more lax in that department. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, there's definitely something about these mistakes that feel like they can be humbling in some way or it it kind of prevents us from thinking that we're something that we're not or or just, just kind of reiterating like there are things that we can still improve upon.
2: Yeah, and I think, you know, one of the, I appreciate you saying that, Drew, just because I remember one of the first uh, interview or press conferences that Nick Sirianni had earlier this year, I think it was after week two or week three, he was like, this league can humble you quick. Right, yeah. and here we were. At, you know, when I when I talked about the turnover differential, this was a historically high turnover differential for any team going through eight weeks. So for us to be able to sustain something like that for that long, I didn't feel like it was necessarily realistic. But again, Nick Sirianni's words ring true, right? It it, it can humble you very quickly, and it can humble you in the span of one week, two weeks, three weeks even, right? We've seen where teams sort of like fall off the wagon and 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 sort of like don't take care of the football for three four straight weeks and and they pay for it. But I'm hoping that this is this is a little bit of humble pie that we're eating right now to say, "Hey, we are human. We can make mistakes and it's it's just a, that little bit of extra effort that we got to put into it to to ensure it doesn't happen again."
0: Yeah.
1: Well, speaking of pie, Thanksgiving is coming up and Ali You happen to watch two teams that both played against each other. They will both also be playing on Thanksgiving. So we'll take a look at those games momentarily. We are talking about the Vikings who will be going against the Patriots and the Dallas Cowboys always play on Thanksgiving. Um, So you being in Minnesota, you went to the Cowboys Vikings game, which turned out to be a complete bloodbath that I don't think anybody was expecting. Talk
0: about getting humbled. Talk about getting
1: (laughs) humbled. Uh, what 40, 40 to three. I think that was 40 the final to three.
0: They didn't even, the, the game stopped televising. They're like, we're going to go watch something else. <laughs> we're not, we're not gonna, we're not gonna watch this game anymore.
1: Pretty Again, wild. The NFL is so week to week. Who saw, who saw the Vikings beating the bills and then not being able to do a gosh beloved thing. That's just how this league works. So Ali would love to hear about the overall experience and, uh, just your thoughts on the teams, the fans, the atmosphere,
2: yeah, I, I mean, going into that game, I was actually uh, sort of questioning whether or not I even should. Right? I don't have a lot of like for Vikings, the Vikings or Vikings fans. I don't have hate I, the color purple. I, hate, <laughs> I don't like purple. Uh, I, I, you know, obviously despise the Dallas Cowboys. Um, and it was kind of like, hey, if, if best case scenario is if like somehow miraculously this is the first game in NFL history where both teams lose, right? Um, so I go in. Uh, I'm wearing my Eagles hat. I actually had my, I, I've got like an Eagles Nike shoes on as well. Um, and I've got my wife with me. Uh, so the shirt that I was wearing was this Vikings uh, logo and and the words on the shirt said, I married into this. Um, so our section that we went into was just like surrounded by a bunch of Cowboys fans. I was honestly surprised. It's usually like I've been in Vikings games before, and it's usually just a sea of purple. I was surprised at the amount of Cowboys fans that were in that game. Um, I, I mean, honestly, that stadium environment is so intense, right? It's an enclosed stadium. They've got like the Viking blowing the horn at the beginning of the game. The fans get fired up. They're doing the 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 skull chant which actually funny enough at the end of it there was like a bunch of cowboys fans that were doing the skull chant yeah uh it's like so you're asking for trouble you're asking
0: for trouble with it with a chant like
2: well (laughs) at least when we did it back in the nfc championship game it was a foals chant right it wasn't a skull chant come on that's still one of my favorite things that the (laughs) fan base
1: did i thought that was so funny
2: Right, right. No, but, um, you know, so it it was so interesting because right at the beginning of that game, I think it was like a second or third down play when Micah Parsons came off and, and, uh, strip sack Kirk cousins, like immediately you felt the, the air and the, honestly, the soul of that fan base in the stadium just get ripped out. Right. Um, I made a comment in our group chat about how Micah Parsons was just like a completely different person, how he was playing this game versus how he played against us. Um, I don't think I've seen Micah Parsons line up on the line of scrimmage as many times as I did with the Vikings Mm. game. Um, And because of that, you could see like the Vikings trying to adjust for him, double teaming him, chip, chip blocking him. Uh, with Dalvin Cook coming coming out of the uh, the backfield. And, uh, you know, even in, in plays where he was dropping back in coverage, you could see, like, offensive linemen, two of them, like, sort of blocking one guy because the other two were supposed to, like, block on Parsons. But because he's in coverage, they don't necessarily know what to do. They'd hold back Dalvin Cook on several of the plays just to account for Micah Parsons. And it was, like, so surprising to me how one player can have that kind of impact on an offensive game plan. And I think to be honest right you know one part of this was was how the vikings played i think there was a lot of like feeling like this high following the bills game you know to be honest we all say like the vikings won that game i'd say the bills lost it more than the vikings yeah, won it agreed um but going into it right the the uh the vikings they play a lot of like 11 personnel offense right just one back three receivers and it's it's frankly you know, a a solid offensive uh, system if you're able to stretch the ball deep like they can with Justin Jefferson, but you need to be able to run and you need to be able to dominate the line of scrimmage. And what ended up happening was the exact opposite, right? They lost the line of scrimmage. They lost contain on Micah Parsons. There were plays where he was lining up his linebacker and just bum rushing Kirk Cousins and just shutting him down completely. And it was just such a a dominant performance, I would say not because of of how dominant the Cowboys were, but I'd say like it was a poor game plan by the Vikings. And frankly, I think the Vikings defense is just not how how I would what I would call a good defense. They play a lot of zone coverage and, and frankly it just it didn't look good.
1: When do you think that Micah had more success or they were able to use him just like bull rushing because they knew exactly they knew the Vikings were going to be throwing the ball. When you're playing from behind, you're not running the ball. We got to get back in this game. We got to pick up chunks of yardage. Let's get in Kirk Cousins face as much as humanly possible. Like what other game plan is there? If you have, if you have a maniac like Parsons on your defense.
2: 100 percent you know i haven't looked at dalvin cook's stats in that game but he looked like he was running wild and free when he got the ball um and the fact that they got down so quickly and they had they were forced to throw the ball um it, it you know that's just like a it's like ringing the dinner bell for micah parsons or for any defensive lineman frankly right they pin their ears back and it's time to go after the quarterback because they know that the other team isn't going to do anything but
1: yeah, you're right. And looking here, yeah, D- Dalvin had 11 carries for 72, which is pretty wow. solid. So they right. were having success on the ground. And their leading receiver was TJ Hawkinson with 34 yards. So what a brutal, brutal, brutal night.
0: Ali, <laughs> day one thing you said um, to us that that resonated with me is that when they were running play action or run pass options, that it looked like Micah Parsons was froze, so, so to say. Um, do you think our scheme and the way that we play football plays into his weaknesses? And that's why we were able to put up such a, uh, such a dominant performance. Like what is, what is your perception on
2: that? Yeah. I think anytime you, you have a running quarterback with the scheme of the run pass option with such a dominant offensive line, like we have, it forces any defender, not just Micah Parsons, right? He's human too. He's got to make such an insane amount of split-second decisions in that moment, right? Is it a pass play? Is it a run play? Is it a quarterback keeper? Is the quarterback just going to roll outside the pocket and throw the ball behind me like they did with Devontae Smith at the end of the game uh, when we played the Cowboys? Because of Jalen Hurts' dual threat, or in case, you know, when he called it himself a, a triple threat quarterback because of his mind, yeah. I think you you negate the threat of that aggression, right? Similar to how some teams use a screen to to sort of negate the the aggressiveness of a line. I think that run pass option, coupled with the fact that we've got a pretty agile and mobile quarterback, I think that's truly what caused them fits. And it's truly why he was able to to sort of let loose and get after Kirk Cousins, because Kirk is not that at all.
0: Yeah. Certainly not. I'm, I was sitting here laughing when I just pictured Micah Parsons just beating up on Kirk. I don't like Kirk Cousins. It's just, <laughs> it's just something that I have. Um, all right. So so, so I, I want to ask you a, a personal question about the game. You wore the Eagles hat. Super disrespectful. <laughs> super disrespectful to wear the Eagles Super Bowl hat uh, that you have on right now in the home stadium where they lost the NFC Championship game. and Then we went into their house and won is there any trash talking anything back or are the Vikings and Cowboys fans pretty timid
2: uh you know the Vikings fans are just a timid bunch in general uh you know minnesota nice whatever you want to call it that that stereotype um i was sitting around a bunch of cowboys fans um they all kind of looked at my hat and were just like kind of confused like did did you stumble into the wrong stadium here uh, and it, I started, you know, playing into it too. My wife was kind of like, you know, leave me out of this. I'm just going to sit here and watch <laughs> the game. Uh, anytime like the Vikings had a positive play, I'd get up and I'd start booing. Anytime the Cowboys fan, if Cowboys uh, would have a positive play, I'd start booing. Like I was just not your typical <laughs> fan out there. i just again right i wanted to see this be the first game in nfl history where both teams lost but um the uh you know the cowboys fans that i was next to were were uh, also a little bit timid right they were kind of like a oh you're an eagles fan what are you doing here um but at, at, over the course of the conversations they appear to be this kind of like level of respect right because we did beat them it was kind of like a hey you got this one on us we're gonna get back to you on on you know christmas eve and we're gonna see who forget that who truly has has uh the upper hand here going into the playoffs but I, i appreciated that level of respect towards the eagles by by the cowboys fans to be honest
0: yeah that's cool man Um, I want to talk a little bit about these upcoming Thanksgiving games, but Ali, I really appreciate your perspective. Andrew, anything else you wanted to ask from that game? I guess
1: it's not about that game particularly, but I am curious if you think that those two teams, are they, are one of those teams, the second best team in the NFC Are the Cowboys or the Vikings, the second best team in the NFC?
2: after what I saw from Christian McCaffrey last night I would say the biggest issue that the Dallas Cowboys have uh is stopping the run to be honest right it was the only positive thing that was working for them. um it's you know some of sometimes when we're watching Eagles games I'm like why aren't we running the ball more it's it's incredibly effective um to be honest I don't think if the the 49ers and the Cowboys meet, I think they're going to get a heavy dose of Christian McCaffrey. And from what I saw on Sunday, I don't think yeah. they can stop it.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think it'd be tough for us to stop him too. He, he looks like a totally different player down there. Or over
1: yeah, there. San Fran is, is super scary. And to your point, Ali, they're, they are now the number two team in terms of betting odds to, to, to win the NFC. And I really think that, you know, again, their success is going to come down to their quarterback. And is Jimmy G on it? You know, is he good enough? They have... They have weapons on that team. They have a great defense. Yeah. Getting McCaffrey was 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 huge, which is kind of weird that it's almost like a timeshare with him and Elijah Mitchell, or they'll bring in Elijah Mitchell as right. a uh almost like the closer. But I mean, with with Debo and with Ayuk and, and even Kittle, it's just like they had they are a scary team. So they're they kind of have me uh they kind of Yeah, they have my attention right now.
2: Yeah, you know, it's a similar situation coming into the season with Jalen, right? Which is, hey, we're going to give you all the tools necessary to win and let's see if you can do it. And I think this might be one of those... you know, tryouts for Jimmy G across the entire NFL. He's kind of been this guy who, who no one really wants, right? Uh, Trey Lance was the starting quarterback over him before he got injured. And, and if he can't get it done with those weapons, I I don't know if Jimmy G has, is going to be able to be a starting quarterback in any team in the NFL in the future.
1: Jimmy G being, Somebody being being somebody that nobody wants. I would beg to differ with uh, some of the females that I see on social media, especially <laughs> when he was when he was coming out in that pink suit last night. I even felt. I even Wait, do you, see, do you see the
0: clip of him coming on the pink suit, and then they went right to Colt McCoy, who looks like he's he just, he look, he just looks Colt, like a totally different guy. And they're like, "Here comes Jimmy G looking good, Colt McCoy. Is that a sunburn? And, and what is he wearing? Like, what is my man doing? Colt um, McCoy
1: looks like a, like he's kind of in that phase where he looks. Uh, like He looks like a child
0: and an old man at the same time. <laughs> man. Oh, yeah. They got their butts kicked last night. All right. Moving forward, uh, we got some Thanksgiving football this week. I love watching football on Thanksgiving. It's one of my oh, favorite yeah. things. Uh, and it's always interesting because the Cowboys are in it. So we're always, you know, wanting them to lose on Thanksgiving. Uh, this uh, Thursday is no exception. At 1230, we have Buffalo taking on the Detroit Lions. Um, which is interesting because did Buffalo even leave Detroit? Because they played the game in Detroit. So that was pretty interesting. <laughs> uh, Buffalo's a 10-point favorite. The Giants are going to Dallas to play the Cowboys. Dallas a 9.5-point favorite. Uh, what a fall from grace the Giants are having. I called it uh, from my swing and a pick last week. Um, but we'll see what happens there. I'm hoping the Giants can pull it off. I just don't think. I just don't think they're good enough to do it. But to Ali's point, maybe they won't be able to stop Saquon. They get up early and they can just kind of establish the run. Maybe it's enough to to get it done. But I just don't see Dan- Danny Jones pulling this off. Um, and the night game uh, is going to be the Minnesota Vikings and the Patriots. The Vikings are only two and a half point favorites uh, over the Patriots at home. At home. Mm. And the Patriots didn't even score a touchdown last week until... <laughs> a fluke uh, punt return where there was an illegal block in the back. So, like, (laughs) that's pretty bad that, like, Vegas is, like, giving up all hope on the Vikings here. Um, And then we play – yeah, go ahead. ahead. I was just saying say that,
1: you know, the Patriots are one of those teams, like, week to week, you have no idea what you're going against. And I feel like at the very least, they're always going to be stout defensively. And, I mean, the the over-under for that game is 42-and-a-half, which isn't – you know, you you think of of the Vikings' high octane offense and the ability to score, which we clearly didn't see this past week against against Dallas. But uh, looks like that could be a, a low scoring game, and maybe really affects Minnesota's confidence, being like. We couldn't score a Could touchdown last week, and now we're having trouble against the Patriots. Also, I hope so. I Could hope you imagine
0: they they lose the Minnesota loses at home to to the Patriots? Like, golly, that would just be awful, man. I mean, um, don't
2: you don't you get three points right off the bat for being home? Basically, that's like kind of and like and the
0: rule of thumb. Yeah, it's like the rule of thumb: home points gets three, uh, home team gets three points. Yeah, yeah. So that is a New England line for show. Uh, so let's spend just like two minutes on this, and then we'll get into swinging in. We'll wrap up today. Um, so we're playing another primetime game, uh, Sunday night football against the Packers, unveiling our black helmets. They look sexy, guys. Yeah, yeah. They look sick. I mean, I mean just the all black. It's going to be incredible. I will not be at this game. Uh, Vince will be at this game with his twin brother, so excited for them to be able to check that out. Um, but what are like our really quick, you know, what are the keys to winning this game? Uh you know, what do you guys say are, are, you know, really important thing, maybe offensively, defensively, and then maybe a score prediction. Ali, we'll start with you.
2: Yeah, I think we need to establish the run pretty quickly. Yeah. One of the, the things that the Packers have shown us uh, sort of a chink in the armor is being able to stop the run with with good running backs. Uh I also think uh you know this is going to be a good test for us right we stopped jonathan taylor who again to your point earlier in the in the conversation has been kind of like the the black sheep within fantasy owners um how are we going to fare against aaron jones right who has been a pretty premier back when the packers have decided to to really utilize him right so for us it's really going to be about you know establishing the run and then on the defensive side it's going to be about stopping the run
0: score prediction
2: Ooh, uh, score prediction. I've got 27, 14,
0: 27, 14. I like it. Uh, I'll take this one. Then we'll go over to you, Andrew. Um, yeah, I, I don't disagree. I just think our Achilles heel is stopping the run. It's obviously been where teams have exploited us. The NFL is a copycat league. People see it, how other teams beat you. Uh, the commanders won against us with the run. The Colts start off really hot against us with the run. Uh, that, you know, two there's two backs in in AJ Dillon and and Aaron Jones you know they're 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 decent they're they're really decent they've been keeping the packers in it um you know like 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 you said against the the um uh the Dallas defense who hasn't been doing really good on the run there so i think that's really there and then um i would love to see us just make sure that we are covering uh, Christian Watson. It seems like he's really starting to kind of come out of his shell and hit his stride. So I'd love to see that offensive. Don't change too much. Just don't make it up to Jalen to win the game. Let's try to make it a little bit more comfortable. Right. Uh, I hated seeing it. We it needed to be done, but it's just like, okay, Jalen, it's, it's your turn. It's like, at what point is coaching and talent, you know, what, what does uh, one overtake over the other? Um, I like us to win this game. I do think it will be close. I say 21, 24 Eagles. Uh, Jake Elliott field goal with uh, a yeah, game winning field goal at the end there.
1: Oh man, another nail biter! I was hoping that we wouldn't have to go through any more of this. Crap hey, it's out. not
0: one of them where I say, "Oh yeah, they're not even going to score a touchdown." <laughs>
1: That's true. <laughs> that
0: was... That's true.
1: Yeah, or which maybe we should be feeling that way about the Packers. I, know. I don't know. Uh, they're actually 26th in points scored uh, this year, or average average points per game. So they're averaging 18.4, what, point 18 points a game. Yeah, they'll they'll get more on us. You know, I <laughs> part of me says probably, but then the other part of me says, like, we gave the Colts so much opportunity. Like, even to start the second half by, like, fumbling and giving the Colts the ball at our 20-yard line, we still only gave up 17 points. Like, yeah, I think if we can just keep Green Bay to, honestly, 21 or under, I think we should win. Um, I think that we should feel, you know, it's, it's tough to come off this past week. I'm sure it was tough to come off a loss and then traveling to Indy and a lot of emotion with Sirianni, you know, all that stuff. And it just seemed like the Eagles were kind of sleepwalking for a little bit. Let's really hope that they snapped out of it. I would love a convincing victory. Um, but you know, when I think Aaron Rodgers, I'm kind of haunted by two or three seasons ago where I feel like he just kind of wrote the script for what to do against the Eagles. And that was just get rid of the ball. Like in, within two seconds, they showed this like vignette of all. And it's like the second he got the ball, one read two read, got rid of the ball. I want to be able to put pressure on him. So I hope that, you know, he it's, we're not going to see a lot of that. And obviously I want to see these, uh, you know, Linval and, and Sue. Um, just, yeah. Yeah. Sh- uh, show us again that the the run game is not going to be a huge area of worry for us i pray i hope so um score prediction Jiminy crickets let's see um i will go eagles 27 packers 18
0: 27 18 you said 27 18 27 18 cool all right let's get into swinging it and we will send us home swing it in. underdog picks for the week All right, Andrew, you taking the uh, Houston Texans to overtake the Miami Dolphins this week, or are you you not riding the Texans train anymore? I think I've learned
1: my lesson, uh, what's it been, (laughs) twice at this point? Who takes the Texans more than once in any year? That's just... That's just bad work. They, on my they part. may
0: only win one game this year. They really may only do that. Dude, one I time.
1: was really on my high horse last week with the whole like mindset, like, and it worked for Dallas. It's like Dallas was coming off of a of a terrible loss, and they ended up winning. And then, uh, you know, the Eagle. What, I, what I'm getting at is that I thought the Commanders were going to poop their pants, and they didn't. They ended up taking an early lead and never looked back. Um, and you took the Lions to beat the <laughs> Giants. Congratulations. Great work. It's like a double whammy because not only do you get three points to take the lead five to two on the season for those who are keeping score at home, but we also got to see the Giants lose. So when I picked the Giants, I was trying to take one for the team and I got boned. So congrats, Alex. Good for you. Who do you anyway, got this Anyway, we move on. I kind of want to go to the Giants, to be honest, because I want like a <laughs> meaty score and they're nine and a half. That would be a 10 pointer if they can beat Dallas. That would be a huge upset. And I'm kind of thinking that that might happen after Dallas whooped Minnesota. I don't know if I can fully commit. I am going to go. I just had it. Hold on a second. I am going to go. I was. Gonna, I'm going to go with the Jaguars at home. Yeah, I was going to.
0: I was about to say that game. I like it over the Ravens. I,
1: I like it on like you know. I think about the yes. Ravens and I thought that they were a lock against the Panthers and they barely got by being yes. Panthers this past week.
0: That's a great I, pick.
1: I don't know. I wanted to take a home team. I wanted to get enough points that could maybe take the lead again. So uh, you know, that's a four-pointer. Um, so yeah, let's 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 go with the Jags. I don't love it, but in in the grand scheme, compared to some of these other games, I do like it.
0: Yeah. So I was actually torn between those two. I would totally give the Jags plus four if I was betting the spread this week. Maybe do an alternate spread of like five or six, but I do I do like that a lot. Um, I'm torn between the Bears and the Jets because the Jets just look awful. I don't even know if if, if uh, Zach Wilson is going to be starting next week. They're a four and a half point favorite over the Bears. I like the spread on that a lot. Honestly, I don't um, get it
1: though. Like again, when when these lines look too good to be true, I can't touch it. Like that doesn't yeah. make any sense to me.
0: Yeah, because maybe the he's... Bears
1: seem to be playing better. Are they though? Well, they lost. They lost to the Falcons this past week. Yeah. I guess Justin Fields is just playing better.
0: Yeah, so I, I I do like that line a lot, but the Jets' defense is pretty good, too. Uh, I'm actually going to go with the Las Vegas Raiders over the Seahawks uh, at home. Three and a half points. I just feel like the Raiders need to get it together. Um, it, they, they are so – um, it's so disappointing. It is so disappointing to watch them right now, and I really think that they can bounce back. Um, is I think Geno Smith is still starting for them. I guess they're not waiting for anyone to get healthy, right? It's just Geno's like the guy.
1: Dude, Geno has been like really good this year. It's been it's been pretty remarkable to see his comeback. Um, I yeah,
0: we'll we'll see how he does against some of those those key players. You know, I'm thinking like Max Crosby and, and just some of these guys on on the defensive line there. So I'm taking three and a half points. Uh, give me give me Derek Carr. I think they're going to bounce back and, and do well here.
1: I think well they just actually they just beat the Broncos, um, in a in a in a late in a late win this past weekend. Broncos so, are uh, maybe also disappointing. Also would have terrible. Who thought, man?
0: Everyone thought this division was going to be so incredibly good. It's right. like the Chargers are kind of bad, Broncos are kind of bad, the the Raiders well, are really bad. And it's just the Chiefs running away with it again. Right. And I got you know I
1: to go back to the Seahawks real quick and Geno Smith like. I definitely thought if I could choose kind of going back to that Doug Peterson, Carson Wentz thing, it's like, who who is the real, you know, yeah. who's the who's the brains behind everything? I would have thought Russell Wilson was was the one. And clearly what we're seeing is Pete Carroll is clearly the, the one who's been right. And Russell is trash because they're taking <laughs> Geno Smith and they look really good. I mean, they look like a,
0: a playoff team this year. What do you think? Is, what do you think, Ali? You look like you're trying to you're trying to get in here. No,
2: yeah, I I honestly, Gino kind of remind, or actually the Seahawks in general, um, remind me a little bit of the Vikings, right? They've got played some pretty, relatively pretty easy teams. Um, Their record may not necessarily reflect how good they actually are. And if they had to play a pretty dominant team, they, they would meet their match pretty quickly.
1: And when you said Vikings, that immediately made me think of Case Keenum, because like, who are these other quarterbacks that have kind of been journeymen they've i mean geno was a higher draft pick than case keenum of course but but keenum had that huge year for the vikings i believe when they went to the when they went when they faced us in the nfc championship so you know you're kind of seeing this revitalized geno kind of finding that that same magic so it's uh yeah, I don't know. I don't fully believe, but, like, they are good enough to be a playoff team. I don't know if they'll sure. be able to get any further.
0: And they've got all those first-round picks for Russell Wilson, too. So <laughs> Seahawks may be pretty decent uh, in the next few years here.
1: And then the Broncos just dropped Melvin Gordon. It's just like, what a mess. What oh, a
0: man. mess. What a freaking mess Football. over there. Love it. All right, everyone. Well, thanks for kicking it with us. Uh, super excited. We will be back next week recapping, hopefully, a 10-1 and Eagles team. So excited. Thanks for kicking it with us. We'll be back to you soon.
1: Thank you again, Ali, for joining us. And everyone, happy Thanksgiving.
0: Go birds.